Story seven of Maori Land Fairy Tales by Edith Howes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Story seven The Sea King's Victory. The Sea King in his palace under the water heard the sound of bitter weeping on the shore. Somebody is in trouble, he said. I must see what is the matter. He changed himself into a fish and swam to the shore to look. A woman walked along the beach, wailing loudly. Why do you weep? asked the sea king. The woman stopped, looked into the water and saw the fish, and guessed that he must be the king. I weep because I have lost my husband she replied we quarrelled and he left me he lives now in the next village while we quarrelled i hardly know for indeed we love one another i have been to the village to beg him to come back to me he would have come but his friends laughed at him for yielding so i returned alone and sorrowful she told her tale with such heartbroken sobs that the sea king's pity rose on her behalf. I will send a message to the village. Maybe your husband will soon return to you, he said. Go quietly home and await events. The wife went home, not much comforted. She was doubtful of the sea king's power on land. The sea king himself had no doubts. He called the seagull. Go to the village nearby, he said, and tell the people to restore the husband to the wife. Say that I, the sea king, command it. The seagull flew with the message. Restore the husband to the wife, she called from the wall surrounding the path. It is the great sea-king who sends the word. The sea-king? Who obeys him? laughed the villagers. Go back, tell your sea-king that the husband stays with us as long as we desire it. The gull returned with the insulting message. The sea-king was pale with anger. They dare to laugh at me and doubt my power he cried they shall pay for this i will teach them to obey from his palace he sent a summons to all the fighting fish big and little to come to his aid they crowded round his palace in their smooth grey coats which in those days were one and all alike soldier fish said the king your help is needed sharpen your teeth and polish your skins this night for in the morning we go to battle with men on land my power has been insulted the fish spent the night in polishing their already shining skins and sharpening their teeth and the spines of their fins and tails in the morning they swam in ranks 
before the palace doors, ready for the fight. The Sea King swam out, changed to the likeness of the biggest fish of all. Placing himself at their head, he led them to the battle. Below the sea, they swam in their hundreds of thousands, rising to the surface as they neared the shore. Scrambling up the beach, they marched across the country to the pa. The people of the pa, seeing them coming, ran out to watch this strange army. Fish marching on dry land. What a joke, they said. Whoever saw its like before? One man, wiser than his fellows, shouted, It is the Sea King's army. This is no joke, but grim war. Remember, we laughed at the Sea King's power. To your houses for your spears and axes. Someone cried, But fish cannot fight with men. We must destroy this army or it will destroy us, replied the first. The men ran to their houses, caught up their spears and axes, and came out to fight the fish. Now began the strangest battle ever seen. Over the wall of the pa slid the great fish army, rank on rank, column after column, until the ground between the houses was covered with their moving bodies. The men speared and hacked and cut at the fish, while the fish fought fiercely with sharp teeth and spiked fins and flapping tails, or threw the men by wriggling with polished skins beneath their feet. The battle raged all day. The men fought for supremacy, but the numbers and the courage of the fish wore them out. When evening came, on all sides men lay wounded and beaten. The fish army had won. The sea king stood high in his kingly shape again, looking down on the beaten men. You will send back the husband to the wife he commanded. Yes, they answered. You will never again laugh at my power on land. No, that is well. Bid the husband stand before me. The husband came. Back to your wife quarrel no more treat her kindly and be happy said the king without a word the husband turned and went home to his wife to live with her happily ever after the sea king led his victorious army back to his sea palace you have done nobly he said Ask me what boon you will, and if it is mine to give, you shall have it. One by one, the fish swam up and stated each his heart's desire. One by one, 
their requests were granted. Most of them had seen strange sights upon the land, colours and forms such as were never seen below the sea. From these they chose their gifts. A cod had gazed upon the gorgeous colours of the sunset and asked for these upon its back. Another preferred to wear the soft blue of the summer day. One had seen a boy's kite and wished to resemble its shape. That is why today the skate is broad and flat. One wished to be red like blood and to be able to groan like a wounded man. And so you may always hear the gurnet groan when it is caught. One asked that a spear might be fixed at the end of its nose. To this day he carries it there, and men call him the guardfish. So in turn every soldier won what he most desired. This is how the fish obtained their varying shapes and colours. These are their rewards for bravery. End of story seven. Recording by Maria Brooke. New Zealand.